Hello and welcome back to Solid. My name is Jake. Thank you guys for joining me. We made it. We made it. It's week 10. It's week 10. Who knows if this is it? Who knows if this is if this is the end for us, man? Who knows? We're gonna certainly gonna find out. It's a weird, it's a weird wonky schedule. Battle Hawks are playing on on uh, uh, Saturday morning, and then Seattle's playing on Sunday night. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long weekend for us. It's gonna be a long weekend for us. But this is the Battle Hawks week uh, week ten bird's eye preview. Um, have you guys have you ever purposefully have you ever purposely made someone have a bad day? Uh, when, when I was in high school, my family, we got a new printer that could make colored copies. So as the piece of shit high schooler that I was, piece of shit teenager uh, that I was, I, I started making colored copies of $20 bills. I would I'd crumple them up so that they're really soft. You know how like a, a dollar, like an actual dollar bill feels like they're really soft. I'd crumple them up so they're really soft and they felt like cash and then I'd drop them on the hallway at school. I'd, I'd stand on the side of the the hallway and and watch people pick them up. And they thought it was real money, but but I knew, you know, I I knew the truth. Okay, the 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 best one, best one was when a, a gal that told on me for for cheating on a test picked one up and had a huge grin on her face. I knew that later on she'd open that bill up, flip it over, and realize that it was just copy paper and it'd bum her out. I purposefully made her have a bad day, and it, it made me it gave me a whole lot of satisfaction, a whole lot of per- personal satisfaction. That's exactly what the Orlando Guardians are going to try to do on Saturday. They're they're one and eight and have been eliminated from playoff contention for what seems like the last month. Uh, they're bad and they have nothing to lose. They're they're just going to be there to make the BattleHawks have a bad day and knock them out of the postseason. I know I know from experience that the satisfaction that they're going to get from from doing that is going to feel very very sweet. Okay, how, how we just saw it a couple months ago. When the Detroit Lions beat the Packers in Week 18 to knock the Packers out of playoff contention, they went into that game knowing they could ruin a team's day, and they played really, really well, knowing that they had nothing to lose. Orlando has nothing to play for. Okay, never pick a fight with a man who has nothing to lose. Somebody said that. I don't know who. Somebody did though. But golly, man, this Orlando Guardians team sure does stink. They're, they're really not good. So let's get into it. Orlando Guardians at St. Louis Battlehawks. Like I said, Saturday, 4:22 at 11 a.m. Central Time. Start off with this uh, with this part. There's been a lot of different uh, information and speculation about what needs to happen uh, between the Seattle game, and the St. Louis game for the postseason to get to its final form. And I want to clear everything up for you here. Okay, I'm gonna clear everything up for you. If you're looking for an answer, listen here. Okay, this. Part was posted by uh, user uh, Ankelor22 on the Battlehawks subreddit. Okay, I'm going to read this. St. Louis playoff scenarios. St. Louis wins and Seattle loses. St. Louis is in the playoffs. St. Louis loses and Seattle wins. Seattle's in the playoffs. St. Louis loses. Seattle loses. St. Louis is in the playoffs as our fourth loss is a non-divisional matchup against Orlando, while Seattle would have four divisional losses, two against D.C., one against Seattle, and one against Vegas. The fourth tiebreaker, St. Louis wins and Seattle wins. St. Louis needs to score 19 more points versus Orlando than Seattle scores against Vegas, and St. Louis must still rank first in total points against uh, against them to win 
tiebreaker four, which is the best combined ranking among uh, among divisional teams in points scored and points allowed in games. Total points and points allowed are not just divisional games, it's totals you have on the season, but only ranked against your divisional opponents. Points for as of 416. St. Louis, 196 points. Seattle, 215 points. That's a 19-point differential. Points against as of 416. Seattle, 168 plus 6. St. Louis, 174. That's so much. That's just word vomit. Okay, that's what uh, that's what user uh, Ankelor uh, twenty two said on 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 the on the Battlehawk subreddit. Then you have Maddie at Maddie Fresh TV on Twitter saying it's all on the math. This again, I'm quoting: it's all on the math. If Vegas scores at least seven more points than Orlando this week, St. Louis has the better points against combined rank. This deadlocks tiebreaker four, opening up tiebreaker five, giving St. Louis a much better chance to get in without having to drop forty points by just playing good defense. <laughs> What the hell does any of this mean? Then you have Josh Lewin for XFL.com writing, If Orlando beats St. Louis to open up the weekend, St. Louis or Seattle has to lose, and lose fairly decidedly. The following day against Vegas to miss the playoffs. If St. Louis wins as expected, the pressure is squarely on the Sea Dragons. If you don't understand any of this, this uh, that was the end of that, okay? Uh, that's that's the end of the quotes. <laughs> it's goddamn nonsense. If you don't understand any of this, and, and if all those words make your brain hurt, because they don't make a whole lot of sense in different ways, just know that you are right. None of this makes sense. We're trying to find out what needs to happen in the 10th week of a spring football season, and apparently, in order to do that, we have to have a, a take it a master's level finite math course. Okay, Here's what ha- needs to happen in my book. Beat Orlando like you did Vegas in week six when it was 29 to 6, and you're good. Bada bing, bada boom, baby. That's all they need to do. Just beat Orlando like they beat Vegas when it was 29 to 6, and they're good, okay? Sounds easy, right? Like it's the Guardians. The Guardians have had one of the weirdest and worst seasons of any team in the XFL. Um, yeah, they're 1 and 8, so that sucks for them. But their one win was against the defenders, so that's a that's a hell of a hook to hang your hat on. The, the weirdest thing for them uh, was the situation with their starting quarterback Quentin Dormandy. Okay, if you don't remember this, all right, it was it made some news. You probably didn't look at it; it's dumb, but I paid attention to it. Okay, it was, it was really early in the season, maybe like week one or two. Uh, news came out that Dormandy was given the Guardians' playbook to their opponents. Big no-no. The XFL suspended him from the league while they investigated the whole thing, okay? Well, like three or four weeks later, they finished their investigation, and turns out, nope. <laughs> Dormandy didn't do that, and it was just someone trying to tarnish his reputation. Now, as a creative guy, I can't help but commend the creativity it takes to come up with such an uh, like out-of-the-box way to slander someone's name. Like, yeah, it's terrible, awful, mean, and and uh, downright dastardly, uh, but it's creative as, as all get out, man. Hats off to you, you jerk, whoever you are. Um, but let's let's get into these to these matchups, okay? Battlehawks offense versus Guardians defense. Offense, the offense can win the game in 20 minutes if they do everything right, okay? They can they can win the game in the first third of the game if they do everything right. Uh, Orlando's in a spot that they can be convinced to get into a. Uh, let's just end this goddamn season mindset. And and it's going to be best for everybody if they get put in that headspace early early in the game. If the, the Battlehawks like to fart around on their first drive and, and waste a handful of plays. You remember the same back in that week six when uh, when Coach Beck said, uh, 
that the game plan is for us to really get going on the second drive. Remember when he said that? Because they can't be doing that this game. The sooner that Orlando gives up, the better. I don't think it'll be too hard for them to get there because they're not just physically dinged up, but they're straight up banged up, and it doesn't help that they're really lacking in depth. Okay, Last week they ran a play... (laughs) They ran a play where they had a tight end come in as a defensive end, and he he immediately got pancaked. It was it was it was very funny. Put pressure on their put pressure on Orlando's defense. Make them have a sad boy spring that exposed them. Seems seems like a pretty solid game plan, right? Like, but like, how do the Battle Hawks do that? Okay, I mentioned I mentioned this when I was uh, when I was recapping the Week Nine game, but but AJ only had. Uh, or only only hit four different receivers in their 30 to 12 loss against the Sea Dragons. Okay, he needs to get back to the seven to eight different receivers that he's hitting. Okay, he needs to get back to that normal number for him. I know that Marcel Aitman can clearly handle double digit targets and he can be successful with that volume. But Hakeem Butler doesn't get tackled. They have different skill sets. We we need both of the big receivers to show off their size on yet another team with undersized quarterback uh, cornerbacks. They'll have success if they're given their chance. Have your big guys get the ball and be big. You know, last week the Guardians defense got thrown on for 302 yards. If A.J. McCarron is as healthy as he says he is, he should be able to feast on these guys if he's healthy. If he's not healthy and that shoulder is still a little beat up, he's going to have a bad time. Going going into last week, I was trusting this offensive line. You know, fool, fool me once there. Um, Orlando... They like to send the house when they blitz, and it has been successful for them. I, I imagine that it'll be successful this week, given that A.J. McCarron is the most sacked quarter, uh, quarterback in the XFL. But when that blitz doesn't work, that's that's where A.J. should be able to feast. That's where A.J. should be able to use Jennings and Hill and Shepard and Prohl to cut up the middle of the field. If the Guardians sell out with their linebackers, the only guys those receivers will have to beat is some bum safeties. Have your fast guys get the ball and be fast. As far as deep shots go, though, um, obviously we obviously we want more of those. I, I would like to see eight to twelve of those. Okay, the Guardians only have three interceptions this entire season, so they're not much of a threat there. If AJ is able to launch the ball, he should be pretty safe hitting Aitman or Butler when they have guys draped on him, and and Shepard should be open. By at least five yards on every deep route. That's what he does. As long as AJ doesn't underthrow it like he did last week, there's not a great chance of that ball getting picked. And it it might even turn into a DPI that that uh you know that Dean Blandino won't call. So that that's an option too. If if the Battlehawks want to run the ball, they're gonna have to do it to the outside. It's what they've had to do all season. Um, everything up the middle is, is garbage. Orlando has a bunch of fat meat on the on the interior of their D line, and those guys will swallow up runs. Um, I would I would use runs very sparingly in the first half of the game. Let the defense lose confidence before you start trying to run the ball down their throat, or else or else they're just gonna be a bunch of wasted plays. Also, keep doing the Gary Jennings as running back thing. That was. That was the only fun part of the game last week. Keep doing that. He was very successful. 8.8 yards per carry. We've seen this offense, man. We know this offense. We we know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. 
Get the right players in the right spots. Hit Shepard on a corner route. Don't hit Butler on a screen. We know this offense can be successful. And a Week 10 matchup against the worst team in the XFL should be a great spot to showcase what everyone can do. Man. Let's get Darius Shepard a spot on an NFL roster. Not just like on one of these practice rosters where he's floating around. Let's get him on a... He's... He's the only one that I see on this team, on this offense, I should say, that has that has it. He's small, but they're, you can be small in the NFL now. I'd love to see him on an NFL roster. All right, let's do the Battlehawks defense versus the Guardians offense, okay? And man, oh man, this Guardians offense is <laughs> it's really something. Uh, all right, like I said, Quentin Dormandy is the starting quarterback, but maybe, okay? Uh, in the last two games, he's... Turned over the ball six times. Then the week before that, in week seven, he threw six touchdowns against the defenders. I don't completely know which Dormandy we're going to get, but I'm sure hoping we get the bad one. Again, that is if he's the starter, which is a maybe. They took him out at the end of uh, at the end of that week nine game because he was playing like trash, and they put in their other guy, uh, DeAndre Francois. Um, he's much more of a dual threat quarterback, kind of like my boy Cole McDonald with the Houston Roughnecks. Well, wouldn't you know it? Francois gets rocked on a touchdown throw and gets taken out of the game with what looks like beat up ribs. Uh, he said he'd be able to go back in, but who knows if there's any truth to that? I don't know who the Battlehawks are going to get, but neither of these guys are very scary. Not really. That being said, the three guys that are scary are the uh, tight ends Cody Latimer and Jordan Thomas and the running back Devin Darrington. Those are the three scary guys. Cody Latimer uh, sat out last week with an injury, but he's supposed to be back this week. Uh, he has the, uh, he's got the, the second most receptions and yards in the XFL uh, behind Jacor Pearson and the most 20-plus yard receptions in the XFL. Uh Latimer's a scary dude with a big body, big hands. With with him being out last week, I imagine we're gonna see being a, we're gonna be seeing a lot of balls going this guy's way. Um, going to Jordan Thomas, he's another huge dude. He's actually the tight end that they had in at uh, at D. He's a huge dude. He's got thighs the size of linemen, not thighs the size of an offensive lineman's thighs, but his thighs are the size of an actual very large human being. Okay, he plays bully ball and abuses defensive backs who don't tackle. That's not a good thing for the Battlehawks coming off of last week. Now, the last guy I said, Devin Darrington, um, the, uh, the, what is it, he's he a, a running back? Yeah, Devin Darrington, the running back, is, is, is pretty much Orlando's only running back. By the end of the Week 9 game, he was in on every play because there was no one else. I mean that. there was He was the only running back. He was the only one, okay? Yeah, that kind of volume's going to drain his gas tank pretty quickly, but when he's got energy, man, he's quick on the sidelines and he's dangerous in space. He'll 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 burn guys again who don't tackle. The defensive key to this game is going to be tackling. The Battlehawks were absolutely horrible at tackling last week. They need to be at least seventy five at least seventy five percent better than they were last week. Especially, especially if you're going to see a lot of balls going away. Some mondo sized tight ends with bodies that are comparable to the mountain. Okay, these are big guys. They're not going to be easy to take down, and those stupid, stupid arm tackles ain't going to do it. It's a, it's a tough assignment. 
It's a tough assignment, but one thing that helps the defense is that Dormandy is very inaccurate and reckless. All right, The D-line is going to have to do their thing and keep pressure on the QBs, especially, especially on third downs. They can't allow Orlando to have a plus 40% third down conversion rate. They cannot allow that. So let's get into my prediction. And dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. Last week we saw the Battlehawks play as poorly as they have all season. Told you, I don't have hope for this team. If they if they bounce back this week, they're going to have to bounce back big time in order to do whatever the hell it is that they have to do in order to make it to the postseason. Is my prediction for this game going to be 32-12 to 12 Battlehawks? Yes, my prediction for this game is 32-12 to 12 Battlehawks. Do I think that'll happen? Not a chance. And that sucks. And that sucks. I know I know what their ceiling, they can get to that. But hitting your ceiling a week after you hit rock bottom, that ain't great. That ain't great. Anyways, guys, that is it. That is it. The week 10, the, the regular season finale, week 10 bird's eye preview. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me all season. This was fun. I, I like talking to you guys. This is good. I hope you hope you at least maybe were a little bit more prepared for some of these games. Maybe maybe you guys are kind of into this stuff the same way I am when it comes to when it comes to talking ball. But this has been fun. Thank you guys very much. This has been a whole lot of fun. If you want to reach out to me, if you want to follow me, it's Jake L Beckman on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I do my stuff. It's just been fun. I appreciate every one of you that has listened. It's been a whole lot of fun, and man, go Vegas.